You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On a rainy day, I was lost and wandering around. Hey, I'm Joe Iconis. And I'm Jennifer Ashley Tepper, and you are listening to the album podcast on the Broadway Podcast Network. Today we're going to be talking about my song, My Best Friends, A Skeleton, which is a song that I wrote for a Halloween show at the Beachman, originally for Eric Lee Morris and Jeremy Morris, but on the album sung by George Salazar and Jeremy Morris. In this episode, you may learn that Joe Iconis once tried to write an ep- a song called My Teddy Bear's a Cokehead, a fact which I did not know until we recorded this podcast episode. So you just never quite know what you're going to get on the album podcast. That's right. Spills, thrills, chills. Hear them all now. I mean, you're a great dancer. I've been stretching. I can see that. Have you been taking dance classes? I've taken some tap because, boy, do my feet really sing on the floor. Oh. My Best Friend's a Skeleton. So the last song, I guess, could kind of be considered a Mother's Day song. This could kind of be considered a Halloween song, one Mm -hmm. of several Halloween songs you've written. What was the original inspiration for My Best Friend's a Skeleton? So My Best Friend's a Skeleton, I wrote for a Halloween show at the Beachman. And I, I wrote it specifically for Eric William Morris to sing uh, as the main guy and then for Jeremy to play a skeleton. And I remember when I was writing it, not fully knowing what the skeleton character would be, but just knowing that Jeremy would do something crazy with it. Um, and so it's like a it's a weird sort of um, it's a weird sort of instance of writing, knowing the actors, but not exactly knowing what what they'll bring to the table, just knowing that it's going to be great. And so I um, yeah, I mean, it's like this this one was a was a pretty like simple. Simple, right. I had the title, My Best Friend's a Skeleton, cooking like in my brain for <laughs> <laughs> quite a while like i remember that sort of sticking um sticking in my brain and uh and i um i i i went through a time period where i kept trying to write songs where it's like my something's a something um like i had i had a song that i tried to write for years called my teddy bears a cokehead and 
and I think I might I'm, I might write it yet but um but it's like my it was like these my somethings a something song and my best friend's a skeleton uh just uh it just couldn't it never died you know it just kept sticking around and then for this one halloween show it just kind of like came fully formed that song it was yeah i just had to think about this because obviously like you know i've heard eric do it we've had multiple people doing it including Mm -hmm. george salazar and jeremy on the album but the halloween show that i remember was lance and jeremy doing it at 54 below like the only time we did a show around halloween at 54 below so there's been like a lot of different people doing this song the yeah you know the the guy who's the lead the sort of lead singer of it he's um multiple great actors have played that role and jordan stanley who sings slide whistle on the album he played skeleton for for something i can't quite remember what but um but jeremy has been the skeleton of of note since (laughs) since the beginning um and you know and it was really just like it's a song that, you know, sort of like so many of my songs that kind of that deal with people who feel like they don't quite fit in and like, you know, kind of normalize a certain type of person. Um, I mean, that's just what it is. You know, it's just sort of like a, an ode to a friendship that is unconventional, but uh, doesn't feel that way to the to the parties involved. Sometimes I also felt like when you were in the planning stages with this album, it was like those problems from math class where it's like, Sarah has a blue pencil, but she has to color like uh, this <laughs> and and mm-hmm. at four o'clock. And it was like a lot of if this, then that. And I feel like George Salazar, um, who does an incredible job with this number, um, it was kind of an interesting thing of figuring out what he should sing because you already have the two player game album where he sings so many of your songs as well as other albums like Be More Chill where he's singing them. So um, like, how did you kind of land on George singing this song or was it like, you know, method of elimination? Yeah, no, uh, uh, it's it's like sort of exactly as you say, you know, it's um, just because different people are associated with different songs and um, and all that. When I when I do even a concert, it's like always this crazy, like, you know, sort of puzzle of, OK, what songs do I want to include? And then who typically sings those songs and how can I shake it up? So it's not a concert where, you know, Eric William Morris is singing 15 songs and everyone else is sharing like the remaining two, you know, because that like can happen sometimes. And so with the album, it was very much that where it was kind of like, okay, I want to do Skeleton. Eric's already singing a bunch on the album. And then it was like, you know, George, as you said, because we have two player game, he's recorded so many of my tunes. How do I get him something that feels specific to this album and something that would be appropriate for him? And um, Skeleton just felt like, oh, this kind of this kind of makes sense. And I what I loved about it was that, you know, George is is such an incredible performer, but he's so huge. And he and he does these characterizations that are so like off the wall and explosive. I really liked the idea of George Salazar uh, playing the straight man in something, which is something that he so rarely gets to do. Um, and to have Jeremy Morse be the one who's kind of like, you know, off the wall and just making these big, huge, insane choices. Totally. And yeah. remind me, were they in the same place when they recorded this? Like, when was this one recorded? Oh, my God. No, they so George was in L.A. So George recorded all of his stuff in a just in a vacuum. Right. So like George just like did it. And um, he and I 
you know, in the session would like sort of come up with, um, you know, come up with like one liners and come up with like the setups to jokes with the knowledge that Jeremy would then deliver the punchline in like a month in New York City, (laughs) (laughs) just listening to it, you know? So it was such a strange way to like craft this thing that really is just like a duet and a like two hander between these two, you know, these two um, awesome comedic actors. Uh, But I think because of that, because it was like the comedy was made in such a strange way with so much time and space between both halves, I think it does give the song this kind of like bizarre. There's like something slightly off. You know, they are going back and forth, but there is this like there's this like vague awkwardness that I think uh, feels true to the relationship of the of the 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 human being and the the skeleton. I'm going to have to listen to listen for that. I, I yeah, um, I feel like it, it's such a supernatural song always to have like a, a creature, mm-hmm. a skeleton that. <laughs> I'm excited to listen for that. Um, did you ever consider because there are like multiple songs on the album that you wrote for um, like Halloween or that are sort of like supernatural or spooky in some way? Did you ever consider like, do I group songs like that together? Like, how did you, we've talked about this a little bit in past podcasts, but how did you pick like the album order? And um, did you take that kind of thing into account? Uh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, there's like, there's, because of the amount of songs 44 in total like there there are all of these like sort of subsections that feel connected in different ways and it's like the and and so you know when i was looking at the 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 track list and trying to figure out where things fit and um you know for the most part when we recorded i didn't have the the order in my mind you know we were just kind of recording the songs in the wild and i had a few suspicions about like oh maybe i'll you know write this song called album for the top of the the thing and maybe i'll have try again be at the end of the thing um but otherwise i really wasn't recording thinking like okay you know this song is going to go into this song it was just sort of treating them as individuals and then figuring it out later and so when i was sort of looked at all of them it was kind of like okay like here's this like large group of songs that feel halloweeny or sort of related to horror movies and like here's this group of songs that deals with like teenagers and um, you know, here's this group of songs that deals with with suburbia. And then I had, you know, like New York City songs. And so I, you know, initially it was like, is there a way to kind of like group these songs together so that they create these little like mini musicals or something or these little like, you know, mini um, suites of songs. But then I just kind of I felt like, you know, the thing that really joins these songs together is not the subject matter. It's the the thematic material. It felt like the um you know like the just because like there's a bunch of songs with creatures doesn't necessarily mean those songs all hang together in an organic way and it felt like the things that the song that the creatures were singing about were were the things that i wanted to use to kind of be the glue to hold all the songs together and so then it was like okay so now i i i know this so now let me use like the vibes of the music and the the deeper meanings of the lyrics to create this this kind of like up and down flow of energy that will take us through the 44 tracks and that sort of turned into for the most part making sure that we didn't group all the halloween songs together and that we didn't group all the teenage songs together and so maybe you get like you know two together or you know or sometimes more um but i really wanted things to feel kind of interspersed so it was like oh creature song was 
was mingling with a suburban song, was mingling with a, you know, with a song uh, about a, about a, you know, a teenager going through something. So it feels like it's, it's pretty varied and, and, and eclectic. Um, you know, the, the um, there's a, there's one transition that I love that's, uh, it goes from, um, uh, I believe Haddonfield into sympathy for the killer. Um, and I love the idea of like, you know, Haddonfield is the song that's like, that's, um, that's, that's inspired by the Halloween movies and Michael Myers and sympathy for the killers sort of like, you know, using, um, horror movies as a, as a way to talk about relationships. And so I like that it's like those two songs feel like they're in conversation with each other, even though stylistically they're so different. Um, so there, there are moments like that throughout the album, but. Can you talk about for a song like this, you know, obviously the band, the musicians are recorded separately than the actors as well. And when it's a song where there are comedic moments that require like real specificity from instrumentalists, like what was that process like in the studio? And like, how do you kind of work with the people like on the music team and with Ian to tell the musicians how to play in these like, you know, moments where there might be a joke or there might be like a cue that involves them? Yeah, I mean, this like this song is a perfect example of we were able to achieve this because everyone, all of the, the artists involved know each other so well. And so it's like, you know, we had to do it in the like sort of the opposite order that you'd want to do it in where we had to record the music first and then it, the, the two actors individually um, when in a perfect scenario, everyone would just be in a studio together and we would just kind of do it in real time. Um, but with doing the music first, it was just it's like always about, you know, allowing space so that once the actors lay down their performances, we can edit, edit it all together. And so there's room for the jokes. And so it's like a lot of, you know, because I know, because the musicians like, you know, know my work so well and know like George and Jeremy, it was really easy for like Ian and I to say, okay, George will say something stupid here. And then Jeremy will like take it a little further. So let's just keep repeating these chords and keep going, keep going, keep going. And then we'll like figure out exact timing later. So it's like just sort of giving yourself enough material to play with so it can all be put together in the editing room, which is what we ended up doing. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, great. My best friend's a skeleton. My best friend's a skeleton. And, you know, I, I, will, look, I, will, I will say one. Oh, what were you going to say? I look forward to hearing my teddy bear is a cokehead because I've never known about that potential prequel, sequel. Yeah, yeah. Come look, look out for it on album two, The Return. Um, but what I was what I was gonna say about my best friend's um, a, skele a skeleton is that the one the one joke in it that I that's been in it you know since the beginning it's in the lyric but I guess it's more the reaction to the joke it's there's a there's a, a part where the skeleton um, where where the guy says um, you know he'll always be inside of me uh, you know kind of meaning that because he's a skeleton he'll be inside of him. Uh, but the skeleton uh, sort of takes it slightly sexually. And so when we first started doing the song, I feel like the skeleton um, was kind of like, uh, you know, like, hey, dude, I'm not interested in that. And kind of like, a, yeah, you know, like, like, what are you, what, what are you saying uh, about me kind of way? Um, and I, I love that. I love that now. Um, 
I'm not saying that like the skeleton wants to be in a sexual relationship with the friend, but I just feel like the change, like the 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 change, cha various changes in our culture have made the possibility for like a skeleton human sexual relationship that isn't like you know there's no labels on it it's just like two guys or i mean one guy and one skeleton and like sometimes maybe they just are a little bit sexual with each other it's like no big deal it's like that just feels like okay and feels kind of kind of like accepted and celebrated and i think that's a nice a nice marker of where we are as a culture yeah i'm open to it <laughs> love is love yeah Love is love is skeletons. Hey, thanks so much for listening or watching to my podcast. Uh, do me a favor and go to wherever you just listen to or watch this thing and subscribe or like or give us a great rating or review and then head to bpn.fm slash album to find out even more information about this podcast, more ways to watch, more ways to listen and check out my album, Album. Thanks so much for hanging out. Album Podcast is executive produced by Liz Armstrong, produced by Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, Kim Garris, and the rest of the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Be sure to visit bpn.fm slash album for both audio and video versions of this podcast and to listen to album. Till the day that we shrivel up and die. George, I love it that you have skin. I love you, you bag of bones. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.